0: welcome, welcome to my lovely 5D mystics and the lovely functional adults, those of you who are secure bases and safe havens to yourself. So we get to have the heart-to-heart roaring lion conversations. Uh, We get to have those amazing empowering relationships. And we also get to be mystics, some of us, not all of you, but the ones of you who are not, you get to hear about what it is like to be a person who has an oversoul and knows about those lovely oversoul pieces of the same fabric, if you will, and then that we're a big, big fabric, but we're not going to get into the big, big fabric. This one is for solo poly and anybody who is just a mystic who knows how to work with all of their relationships. So polyamory does not mean that you are polygamous. And it does not mean that you have uh, romantic-only relationships. In fact, polyamory is defined by groups of people all on their own. And the most ideal representation for the group that at least I talk about is where we have between platonic, romantic relationships. It's solo poly because we are our own self-agent. So we are independent And we emotionally are independent, mentally, physically, financially. We do not uh, create a domestic couple-centered life thingy. And if we ever do, that doesn't change our status. It would just mean that we would have a person who decides to share with us that they would like to maybe move in together or something like that. (laughs) So that's where polysecure comes into the mix. And doesn't mean that the person would be polyamory. No, no, they could be monogamous. And that's because they don't actually love more than one person, if you will, in a uh, way of love. Polyamory, you love more than one person. And as a mystic, 5D, and in that lovely Enlightenment Soul group, I have uh, three Twin Flames. Even though the Twin Flame community likes to spell out rule books, but again, that's where they are basically shitting on the Twin Flame experience in the first place. But let me put that to the side because... I only have to use words to differentiate between the different people that are, in fact, in my oversoul. that's all. So between twin flames and soulmates, uh, definitely there's a lot of beautiful love that takes place. Also, 5D mystic, like myself, will have also the tapping into our own lives. And that's through our access, because we all can access Akash, which is our own register. And I have access to mine, of course. I'm also an Akashic record reader. Therefore, when people ask me for readings, I actually am able to share with them their own journey. Now, people who are 5D, they will take the actual Akashic information and make very good use of it. That's beautiful when you meet a 5D person because it means they will have chosen their self. So this means they acknowledge their diamond in rough like any other human being on the face of this planet. They are beautiful and they are out of that shame cycle, for sure. Uh, the ones were not, they're still beautiful, they might not vibe in a loving way, and they actually might not choose to move out of their human suffering, and this is unfortunate, because then they also might end up in that one category that Michael Stone defines, the 1 to 22 uh, evil, which 1 to 9 are people who get into trouble for silly things, They don't learn how to manage their anger. They don't learn a lot of things, unfortunately. Then we got 9 to 16, which are those with the psychopathic traits. They're grandiose. They're charming. These are the people who end up eventually, hopefully, because we have some that actually are in places. We need to get them out of those places so that we can disengage from having people who are actually emotionally uh, heartbroken and... uh, not really in the space of human heaven in their body so we want to get people who are optimized as a person so that means that they don't have the body that has hell in it because this is what then creates a whole bunch itself the psychopathic traits means that they don't have the psychopath's brain structure but that they have traits And that is where it's not about uh, the titles. I don't prefer using it because we have a whole group of antisocial personality individuals who go to good therapy and they are members of society. So we want to learn to destigmatize, create conversation, remind evil is not actually true. To use that word is not nice. And I'm using the scale of Michael Stone, who is a forensics criminologist, and he begins by saying we should not be using the word. So I try to educate and empower the lovely listeners about not using the word because it doesn't exist, but if we really must use it, then I'm going to use a scale of a criminal forensics person who explains it, and as I'm pointing out, they all are people that need a good psychologist. So when we get to the 16 to 22, these are the criminals who prolonged torture, they are not psychopathic traits, they actually actively have a brain structure that will have the psychopath's brain structure is one of them, and then he didn't get into the details of the rest, but there's also uh, what is called the triune something, where it's a person who has the psychopathic brain structure, then they also have the uh, Machiavellian and narcissism And those aren't brain structures. When I say brain structure, the psychopath's actual active physical brain, the amygdala is alerted differently than the other brain structures so far. So when we look at sociopath or narcissist, they don't have a brain structure where it's the firing. I even saw a video that we discussed. There's a specific neuroceptor that doesn't fire. There's less than something. So they have specifics of what is the firing difference and stuff like that. The sociopath and narcissist. It's the environment that led the person to have a shut down seat of empathy. Long story short, I don't want to spend it on these, this topic. But I'm trying to say that these are people, and they're not evil. They're people who have a brain structure and or a uh, emotional shutdown because of actual abuse and neglect. So they have trauma. They have childhood trauma. The psychopath is the only one who has a brain structure that works a little bit differently. So like they're the front where we will be aware of society potentially judging us. For them, it's offline. So for us, it's online, which means if I fart in public, I'm like, oh shit, I farted in public. They might not give two shits. And the tests that they do to basically show the difference that they talk about, and this isn't Michael Stone, but uh, this is someone else who's saying when you put a bunch of people to have to okay there's a train coming you have to throw down one person this person who's on the bridge to save 10 people the person's brain that is not the brain structure of the psychopath brain structure okay so the I don't want to say average because it's not average necessarily but they will all take a certain amount of time before actually doing it But everyone will do it because you're saving 10 people and sacrificing one. So the study shows any person who's logical is really going to say, I saved 10 people. You don't want to do it. You feel shitty. You're not going to be like, oh, okay, easy. The the psychopath brain structure doesn't think twice. Second, and it's done. They're instinctively active. And here's where their actual nervous system doesn't get into the Anxiety, the heart racing stuff doesn't happen. And when you meet any psychopath that gets interviewed, I've met a couple online, obviously, and um, they will share information about how they felt different, they didn't understand, and now that they have a therapist that can help them understand, they're like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And they even will have recognized, and these are high-functioning ones, so this means that they have an opportunity to learn about self-love or about treating, about society, about being able to be a part of society. The low-functioning, no, they're, they're the first ones who end up in jail, actually, because they don't even, um, they don't have the, this isn't right, you shouldn't do it. They don't, and, and then there's another part, the Jiminy Cricket is what I call it, that tells us, okay, it's a bad deal, you're going to end up in prison, or you're going to end up here. They don't have that either. So it's very faint. So they don't have a Jiminy Cricket. They don't have uh, the "I'm gonna feel ashamed if I fart in public" kind of deal. Okay. So their emotions don't get into. Oh my gosh, I'm. So like for me, when I do presentations, I get I get anxious and anxiety. I get you know, which is normal even in college. You know, you get. Uh, it's that excitement that they teach you in speaking, public speaking, how to use it in your favor. It doesn't mean you don't. Uh, get still in that space, okay? So long story short, people are all people and we all start at zero years old and evil does not exist in the way that you will have learned it from religious texts or philosophical texts, meaning that we have people. They all began at zero years of age, okay? That was the point I was trying to make and if you really need to use a scale, then there's a scale of a person who actually explains and explaining is very different than stigmatizing and actually vilifying. And this has happened before where I've spelled it out to people who are talking about people. They label them a name, sociopath, narcissist, and I say, you know, there's a diagnosis for that. You know they actually have trauma, right? You, you know that their brain isn't as uh, in the same, you do understand as a person. And, and whenever I've done this, people will actually look at me They will stop because I'm giving them information that is genuine and real. I don't make it up. And they just say, well, I'm just simplifying it. Because, you know, if I went to explain it, then people would be bored. And I'm like, well, I mean, okay, that's a good excuse for what? No, I don't say anything. Because the minute that you're okay with throwing somebody under the bus... Without actually doing your due diligence of explaining and humanizing a person is the minute that you've chosen to dehumanize a human being. Which is not nice to those of us who love our lovely, again, humanity, and understand that there is no evil. So, there's no evil, there's no devil. As a mystic, I do know the plane of imagination land, believe me. Oh, I know it very well. So, I don't see any, in fact, of what others see, because that's not how... I navigate the plane of imagination. And really it's because when you are here as a person, building relationships and living your life, this is why 5D mystics, we don't get distracted and dress up like anything. We're, We're going and doing our actively expanding consciousness with people. We build relationships and we build actual conversations that humanize people. It's called infinite higher human consciousness potential. Okay, so let me move into our topic because I think that serves so that people can understand 5D Mystics, Enlightenment Soul Age Group, community. It's all functional adults. We create relationships and solo poly is what I am. You don't have to be. And it is though to support polyamory individuals, poly secure people, or just amory. Again, we can move into secure attachment as we continue our conversation Okay, that's why it's channeled guidance. It is for my mystics. It is for those of you who are intuitive and those of you who have an oversoul. We're just not going to specifically talk about any specific person or people. It's a general conversation on how to build functional adult relationships and how to continue with your own community. Our community is being built as we speak. Okay, so when a person who's polyamory has eyes and ears and basically relationship with our lovely twin flames, soulmates, all this stuff. We are, one, very straightforward and able to share our clairs. We're not shy about it. Even in the most uh, immature days of my clairs, I wasn't uh, shy about it. Now, with T1, definitely I didn't talk ever about the this, this stuff because they're not into any mysticism at all. And in fact, actually, eventually, I was able to talk to them about being a Reiki master because they needed a little bit of support. And I said, you know, I'm a Reiki master from distance healing specialist is also something. I can help if you want, if you're open to it. And uh, it was nice. They said, yes, that counts for other individuals in my oversoul, soulmates as well, and uh, other people. Soulmates can be a variety of number of people. So this is from past lives to my life of now and future as well. And it's always nice when we have our family uh, being in the sphere of mysticism because we get to share these things. Now, it's interesting when we have individuals who are not aware of their own trauma memory so that they have unresolved trauma. So they have inner child wounds and they have an adaptive child Some they don't have an adaptive child, they just have emotional triggers and so they don't know how to handle them and they put into uh, effect their own uh, manners. So when people have, for example, insecure attachment styles, they're going to have ways that they tend to their inner self, but it's not in a way of actually nurturing their optimal well-being. And let me explain. I'm looking for my Polysecure book because it has some really great examples that we can use. And in fact, if you ever are curious about it, it's called Polysecure Attachment Trauma and Consensual Non-Monogamy, Jessica Fern. So, consensual... Yes, I think... I wonder if I've been pronouncing it right. Ethical. Yeah, ethical non-monogamy, same thing. Okay, so here's where... When you're able to be safe havens for you and partners, that equals that you are going to have a feeling that you're always safe. So you can turn to each other because you respond to each other when in distress and you help each other to co-regulate and soothe, and you're a source of emotional and physical support and comfort and also mental, of course. When you also are warm, caring, and receptive, this adds to being a safe haven, okay, so to yourself and to others, and this is where what happens when you're safe to be together, consciously and unconsciously, uh, you're there for each other you uh want to receive and accept each other there's no of the let me prove something okay so we're present attuning resonating and trusting and then there's differentiated self plus another differentiated self we link so there's a me we not a just a meshment no there's no meshment there's there's you and there's i and we're differentiated So we matter to each other. We don't judge, dismiss, criticize or attack our opinions. We actually support and listen with open ears, open hearts and share that we matter and that we do make a difference in each other's life and that we can lean on each other. Okay, then we have also at our secure base and secure base means that um, you can turn away from each other and engage in the world. That means you can go and look at uh, things that are of interest to you, uh, whatever it is. You have different um, interests. Let's say you like music, I like reading, right? Okay, so having secure base partnerships means supporting each other's personal growth and exploration, independent activities and other relationships. This is for solo poly and just polyamory. For monogamy, it would be your friend relationships, but obviously everything else is off the table, meaning when you have... So for 5D mystics, we have special bonds. That's what I like to use as a word because twin flames and soulmates that are in a specific way in our past, present, and then for future, when we know future, not going to change what we know about this relationship. Even if it's in the mind's eye, this is why a 5D mystic is not going to not engage in the conversation. There's going to be a conversation about twin flames, soulmates and everything that is in our clear land, and this is either accepted or it's accepted, because it's not an option, it's part of our experience. If there's dismissing it in a way of being, um, in any way, shape or form, insulting, accusational, demonizing... Uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, teasing, gossip, mocking, blah, 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 all adaptive child behavior, we're going to not say a word about it because that just reveals to us that we're not going to be in a partnership that is a life partnership because the minute that you are actually mocking me is the minute that you've shown me disrespect, which means you don't value me, which automatically means You don't see me as a partner and I definitely will not see you as one for you just did something that's in the book of any person. It's not about disrespectful, even though I can use the word, but it's more of obviously we're apples and oranges and it's okay. We know our own value and worth, so we're not going to be upset or use this as the part. We won't use the word with people that actually perform the act. Because they're minimizing something, and that means you're minimizing me, which automatically tells me you're not a safe haven or a secure base. You're not a person that looks to me eye to eye. That's not a relationship, is it? So it's many different ways one can venture off into solo poly land and make sure to state it ain't not anything about anyone being broken here. No, no. It's that... Zen masters who are functional adults. We don't do relationships with adaptive children. That's all. We don't do emotional immaturity or insecurity and that's where that stands when somebody is actually having the audacity to use a specific tone. We don't need to use a tone with you back. We're just going to understand and uh, in fact, you know, here's the beauty about when you are enlightenment vibration. You do not actually play nice. You don't play mean either. You play direct, which is why we will not use filters. So if somebody thinks that we're, what, snobby because we don't want to talk to them, we're not being snobby, but we don't want to talk to you. So you can consider a snobby if you want. When I meet people that I have no interest in engaging in because their behavior is beyond a shadow of a doubt, not only disrespectful, demeaning, ignorant ways that I remember teenagers being but these are adults that I'm speaking about and there are people that are actually interested in engaging with these energies people that are my friends okay so here's what I get to do as an independent human being when my friends want to engage with people that I'm not going to engage with and that's very straightforward as a Zen master I don't speak up I just get up and leave And then when those friends keep trying to bring me into the group, I say, you know, I'm actually enjoying myself right here, right now. And as they keep insisting, I will at a certain point say no. I said no. And that's it. Which is why when they say, wow, you're so serious. Why are you being so serious? Not being serious. I'm just trying to make a point, which is I don't want to engage, which apparently, you know, takes, what, three times before a person can figure it out. If I move away, it means I'm moving away on purpose, not by accident if you try to signal me again to rejoin the group and I'm like no no I'm shaking my head no if you haven't figured out what no means I mean I have to say no out loud don't I so that's why it's okay if people consider us a snob we're not going to waste our time with engaging in every one of the energies that comes around because some people are uninteresting pure and straightforward that is a right of any human being on the face of this planet and so there you go As I was saying, we don't really use as grown-ups the word disrespectful. There's a lot of people I found disrespectful as I moved into my ascension. And they're mystics, by the way. So let's leave that one alone because they actually don't even know how to get out of Maya Land. And they sure think they do. And that's because they do yoga or holistic stuff or whatever else trending topic they may have found along the way that they're flaunting around with their mouth and they don't even know that that's Maya Land again. Solo poly is really great when you're in the Enlightenment Soul Age group. Let's build a community of 5D mystics, shall we? Because whenever I think of those 4D mystics, there's that 4D energy. Oh, okay, so FYI, side note. People who have insecure attachment styles, let me remind you, they don't navigate heaven in their body yet. They don't know inner nurturing. So let's remember that. And this is why when the trauma memory comes up for those people, they're going to seek their match. Because they have not learned how to move into self-love. And they have not learned how to move into adult self-love. So they're not a functional adult who takes ownership of life. So when people don't know how to handle themselves, it is what it is. And usually it will not be in any way, shape, or form affecting the physical life of a 5D mystic in the enlightenment soul age group. The physical life of us, if we have our hands, our feet, and our jobs, and we got some way of getting up off the ground and we're not crawling with some tank on us, better bet that we're moving and we're doing good, really good. So emotional, mental planes, we do really good with that too. It's called being able to love life because you're like, wow, I have 24 more hours. Shit, I want to do a lot of beautiful things today to help humanity or whatever it is your, your thing is. So we're not busy thinking about one or two or three. It doesn't matter how many of people disrespect. Well, they, 4D talks about rejection is your blessing. We're not like, oh my God, let me count. No, we're not being rejected. We're meeting people. There's differences. So apples and oranges fact we don't say that's not a piece of life no no we see the piece of life we see their adaptive child we probably can also at some point get a handle because they'll throw it at us their inner child trauma stuff we'll catch it we'll make flower pots and we'll learn how to navigate our flower pots hey look at the flowers they're growing over here okay so let me move on secure base you encourage each other's personal growth and development that's what grown-ups know how to do so we support each other To know that there's more to each other. That's why we do the whole shit, shit in your face kind of deal. We don't do the let me hide behind the bushes and hide from you. And we don't do codependency either. Uh, We know the difference between independent relationships, which means if you can't handle my words, then you're not a grown-up yet, are you? And there you go. And we don't need a therapist because we actually use our words with love and care directly communicate what we're thinking and feeling and we do not do shaming, blaming, faulting and we do not do little tricks. No, no, we spell it out. Here's right now where I'm getting pissed (laughs) and here's what you can hear from me and here's why I'm getting pissed and here's what I'm going to say right now. And then I'm going to say, you know what? I really don't like when we get into these arguments because I really feel we should be able to talk about things. But let me not impose myself when it comes to communicating directly with those who do not know how to communicate. Lo and behold, insecure attachment, they all don't know how to communicate. Adaptive children will not know how to effectively respond to Zen masters, which is why, as Michael Yapto has pointed out, people use the word, I'm going to cancel, or I'm going to call you toxic, or like Patrick McNamara, no, Patrick, the other guy, not McNamara. McNamara as a whole, scratch that name, he's the one with the religious self. No, Patrick Tiahan, the L-I-C-S-W, whatever, the therapist guy who talks to people who have childhood trauma. As he spells out, the adaptive child will go and create situations. And now I've lost the train of thought, but my regular listeners remember I gave you the example of what he lists when, when adaptive children go around doing their thing. So we know how to handle when a person comes to ah, weaponizing psych education. There you go. That's what he teaches us. So when people do that, we don't fall for it because we know we're not any of the things that they're speaking of. And they're just pissy in their mood. So they can go around flaunting their little mantles, talking about toxic, canceling. We're going to be like, wow. Okay, Maya Land people, have fun. That's all. That's all, folks. Okay, so you support each other's work and interests. Uh, you listen to each other's hopes, dreams, and visions. That's what grown-ups love to do. They love to share their experiences. You can listen to partners sharing about other partners. That's really nice when you do have people who are grown-ups and know that we have special people in our life. And it's called, again, consensual non-monogamy for those of us who are solo poly and We have conversations about things that are intellectually or emotionally stimulating to each other. We acknowledge each other's capabilities and possibilities for growth. Compassionately bring light to partners, limitations, and blind spots. This is different. We don't necessarily talk about it as limitations, blind spots. It's more of let's exchange thoughts here. That's all because really it's not a limitation. It's an exploration and blind spots won't be blind spots. They might be opinions which involve those likes and dislikes. And so a 5D mystic will talk about equanimity. We do dharma, not karma. So we have a very outright way of exploring aspects compassionately without doing a shame, blame, fault, or competition. We don't compare So let's say we want to talk about different partners and their traits. For example, we would not be doing it in a way of calling out limitations or blind spots, but this is where you'd have Zen Master and Zen Master. So automatically, it would be a person who knows that we all are different. So there's not limitations that can create a competitive environment. Okay, so competition is only for those who are in survival mode, and that's people who have emotional insecurity and that's adaptive children because they are still looking to be secure within their own self as a person, so to be their self. Um, Offer words of encouragement. When your partners take on new responsibilities, go on dates with others, take a risk or learn something new. So here too, we support each other as we move into life, and that's where safe haven, secure base is. When we have emotional triggers, we learn how to work with each other on that and that's because we choose to work on emotional triggers but there's also a knowledge of what adaptive child means okay so here's why we won't review all of the insecure attachment styles but I wanted to get at least some things out there so I need to find it in the book though and as I said when somebody doesn't have secure attachment they don't know how to nurture their inner world until they choose to and that means finding uh, the way to their compulsive habits and so if they have emotional triggers that they would look at that if they get angry or something happens right So noticing your emotional triggers is one, being able to talk about them, and um, on that note, the adult people will always be able to talk about the emotions, the triggers, because again, we're not shaming anybody because evil is not the word we use. When people do uh, manipulation or gaslighting or ghosting, we don't use that word because we understand that they were a zero-year-old and their attachment system, and you know, we understand a lot of things, and we're not babying them. So if any of our partners would need, for example, a good therapist, we will most likely say, you know what, we've done it all. We've tried this, 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 and this. At this point in our journey, maybe we should look into uh, what to do about triggers with somebody who can be a mediator, because if we can't achieve alignment together and resonate together, then that means we're going to get a mediator so we can help our our partnership keep moving forward. That's what people do, solo-poly included, because again, it's a conversation between two adults that care about each other. They want to be there for each other. They know they can grow all together because that's what we all can do. We technically can grow it is a choice to grow it is a choice to do uh, inner growth whether it be on your own or if you are a person who does know about your insecure attachment with a trauma specialist and attachment specialist all of these are options as for the 5d mystic again when we are engaging with our loved ones we do not uh, actually have anything to do with parenting them So direct communication it is, which means we get to just have grown-up conversations. And on that note, what that means is if we have in the midst of our relationships uh, people who are insecure, I didn't find a spot, so you're going to skip reading through that one for now, but when we meet people who have insecure attachment style reactions, and situations so they have emotional triggers and that leads them to disconnect or be preoccupied or do the fearful avoidant we are actually people who are very reasonable and we know how to chit chat and so we know how to make a conversation versus a uh, shame blame fault or revenge And we don't do that at all. In fact, it's when people do spite revenge that we kind of figure out eventually that they're not in a good place for themselves. Um, It's not something beautiful to experience, but it's something that the person who is here, again, 5D mystic, will intuitively know that it's a hurt. So because we are connected to this same sphere of consciousness, We know about heartbreak as people in general. And when you're mature enough uh, with your clairs, you will have... Well, I share it with you all. That's on purpose so that those who don't know, let me spell it out. So when you're an oversoul, you'll know who the people are that are of your oversoul and actively going through expansion of consciousness because it is a collective field. Okay? So you obviously are a person who's tapped into your field, you yourself, if you're a mystic. And then you will know the energetic imprint of the loved ones that are actively going through some major important moments in their life. If they're tending to their moments, you will know that because there's going to be consistent, contingent communication. And so you're going to be sharing vulnerability, emotional triggers, unburdening. Okay, so if you're afraid, they're afraid, there's going to be talking. When people are instead wanting to vibe, so they're wanting to maintain their vibration, so they're in 3D, 4D plane, they're in another soul age group plane, whatever, it doesn't matter, but they're basically in an adaptive child, I'll use it that way. So they're hiding their own charge state, their own... Childhood trauma wound, so hiding means they're not aware that the charged state is a representation of the hurt inside of them. That's why they do shame, blame, fault, or revenge. So the adaptive child is never seeking to interact for harmonization. No, they're actually protecting the childhood trauma. So the trauma survivor, which is why psychoeducation can help everyone. But in the absence of it, again, a 5D mystic will not engage with somebody who is in heartbreak with the same energy. We'll not engage with hurt. We engage with direct communication, two different things. So we can talk about our emotions, we can talk about our thoughts, and that's what we do. We learn how to work with the words that we have, the people that we have, okay? So, whenever in a relationship of any type, in general, if there's the dysregulation, so fight, flight, freeze, yellow or red, where we figure out there's a bit of fear is what we're going to do, or more, it doesn't matter, but we'll understand. So people who are in 5D mysticism, the practice is really about differentiation. Learning how to disengage because you know this is not something that I am going through necessarily. And that's what gets you to put into practice your mental, your emotional, and that physical sphere. So when it comes to oversoul, when we get quote-unquote poked, it's a playground. The part about fear for those who are matured in their 5D clairs and mysticism, this would be where you understand what it means. For example, if I say... Highly sensitive. But you don't use the term the way the people who have not been able to create equanimity with it do. We in fact don't use terms for that reason. Because we don't identify with them. So We are though always picking up on the oversoul around us. That's your immediate collective and your immediate oversoul and extended collective. So that's to the entire globe. Now, the part about awareness. 5D mystics who are aware, I'm going to use a word that I got to hear from Daniel Siegel when I asked him about how to handle situations where, of course, he's a man of science, so I couldn't talk about mysticism and the oversoul in the way I do with our community, but essentially what happens when you know you're picking up on your oversoul and, you know, between a handful to ten, whatever, plus the collective, okay? So that's where I wouldn't consider it highly sensitive, although that's a term that's used because some people, in fact, I actually do have a book on hold when it is published. I can't wait to read it. This is from Thomas Hubble, I think is his last name, and he's within the sphere of psychoeducators, but he is a man who is also an intuitive, meaning he perceives the collective. And so he is in this book talking about, I believe, how to regulate our nervous system. So he's giving us the human stuff, which is very important for 5D mystic because 4D, they keep talking about things in the way of um, destruction, destabilization. They're still adaptive children. They're in my land with the evil, not evil. So they have a story, and and what I want to spell out is just something straightforward because it's straightforward since I've already personally been through this scenario, and that's where uh, when I went through it, I knew that I was experiencing what was happening, but I had come in thinking that it would be something Beautiful because people get awakened to the opportunity to be their self. So long story short, what I recognize is people are brought to present or brought to the forefront. What's presented to them is their trauma memory. Whatever it is that they're ready to handle though. Because here's where you won't get more than what you can handle. And This is a true deal by the way and it's not based on a belief system. I did grow up with a belief system, and so the words are matching for anybody who comes from a belief system, but it's not about belief. I'm trying to stay grounded and just say, you learning how to regulate your nervous system, the neurofeedback, it's you learning how to know it's okay to have anxiety attacks, panic attacks. It's a normal thing. We have new words. The old people don't like it. They think we all have problems. We already know this. They don't like highly sent. They don't like all of the words that are coming out. So leave them alone. They're old, whatever. What I'm trying to do is to share with people who I know right now are here with the awareness. This is a very beautiful thing to be able to know for me. To know that there are people who are here with the good somatic educators. So it is not going to be... In anywhere, any way, shape, or form, at least for those of us who have already seen what has been. And here now I sound like a philosopher, don't I? Okay, so long story short, this is why time never really changes. But my 5D mystics, what it's trying to get at is differentiation to recognize, to differentiate. And to do so doesn't require you to meditate. One of these books that another person advised for me to read, I haven't read it yet, but they talk about sitting in your space and silence and da, da 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 which is great and dandy for people who want to sit in silence and meditate, but some of us have things that we want to do, so we're not going to proactively sit down and meditate. We want to learn how to self-regulate while we're also doing other stuff, okay? That's what I'm trying to get to. So breathing is important because it actually allows you to regulate your nervous system, Understanding that you are, if you're a mystic in enlightenment soul age group, it means 5D. By the way, you have integration in the brain, so your brain's that lovely conduit. It really means you know what I'm talking about. So I don't focus on the collective or the themes or my oversoul because automatically I'm picking up on everything and anything that's around, and I'm really just busy trying to get other things done in a good way, meaning I'm enamored with the 24 hours I have, and I know that energy does what it needs to do, meaning I don't have to do anything. Purusha Prakriti has its natural flow, so me, Maria, the human being who's just a vessel, doesn't have to. So that's the part when I channel, what I'm doing is focusing on sharing a message that will support, and in this case, those 5D mystics, again, solo, poly or not, when we're building our enlightenment community relationships, our functional adult relationships, it's because we're able to know there are those who can maintain a stance of ease and there are those who can't. The minute that they cannot is the minute that if we're attuning, we do this, how am I feeling? And you really try very, very much to just focus on your name then focus on your body. And I am saying like you, the physical you, and use the word differentiation. And then allow yourself to remember that all of our bodies have nervous systems and they actually vibe and that the entire universe is a sound, which is why we do pick up on each other. And as nervous systems, we are a species, mammalian. We co-regulate. And so tuning out does not mean you canceling people. No, tuning out is not what we do. We say, I'm not that... 4D, 3D nervous system people. I'm not the adaptive child nervous system people. I'm not that. I'm not what, however it is, you're going to go around doing that with your own self. You're able to. So back to one-to-one relationships. When we meet people who are not able to maintain safe haven, secure base, we do not try to push them to build attachment relationships. But we will look for dialogue. We will look to establish. That's because it's our oversoul. So it's just a natural thing. So we establish whatever comes. And on that note, uh, let's say people do disconnection, which is one of the ones that they disconnected attachment style. They numb. They're numb really is what it is, but... Let's leave that one alone because they're not numb. It's just that they have um, the head and the body. It's like they're cut into half. So they first would need to have emotional experiences, welcome them in, start to welcome their emotions, get comfortable, familiar. This is overwhelming for them. They have a tendency to get into their hero villain mind. And uh, what that means is they go to the storyland where they live out their fantasies and they stay there because they're too afraid that they're going to fail. So they actually don't ever take steps to build their future. They just sit in that and they do what is something of mental potential gymnastics. And that's it. And then they use the external in a way that is not going to nurture any interests necessarily, uh, relationships. But if people don't choose their self, so they don't choose to become a functional adult... They don't notice this and then they have people that around them allow them to perpetuate their story because they already have a story and they distract themselves and then they just do it all over again. And again, this is where it's not a good or bad thing. That's called the karma wheel. So 5D mystics, we don't actually engage in the person's karma wheel. We know that we're establishing a relationship so if somebody disconnects, the way that disconnection does, we understand how to navigate so that we don't overwhelm them emotionally. If that means, so fearful avoidant wants no contact whatsoever with anything at all because any consistent contingent communication presents to them the compassionate mirror that they did not get. So the fearful avoidant has an intertwined defense mechanism with the attachment system. So it means they long to attach, but they also are afraid of it. And between anger and anxiety and whatever it is that they will get triggered, they will have a habit of, um, yeah, they're just going to have a habit of creating situations and not knowing why and really if they learn their own pattern they'll learn why and then that's how they can move out of it if they want to that's how they learn how to have hard to hard conversations disconnected learns how to say i get overwhelmed with emotion so i take some time to myself and then i come back and they learn how to communicate so all people who want to grow relationships even insecure attachment styles they can communicate even without any psychoeducation. Preoccupied style, they would say, you know, I get really anxious when I don't hear from you ever. So I'm going to be a pain in the ass like for a long time because I don't know how to handle it until I won't be. And here's how we walk with all walks of life. So five knee mystics, solo poly, secure individuals. We uh, We don't go telling insecure attachment styles, go change yourselves, please. No. We're able to share how we feel about the non-contingent communication because that's what we're going to get. We're going to be able and have dialogue and if we're not able to because they get into spaces, we're going to learn how not to have dialogue. So we, again, learn how to navigate the space of love and the, the space of fear. For ourselves, when it comes to picking up on the collective, it's a practice that you get to embark on. You're not alone. You have a community. So I'm creating a community. There are plenty of other communities. The 5D Mystics, we talk about the importance of learning how to regulate our nervous systems and how to help other people learn and how to work with trauma memory because it's staying grounded that helps us there is an entire summit after the pandemic where Tara Brock spells out why there was certain things that took place and took place, and a lot of people don't believe in this stuff. So I know, and I know that my 5D mystics know, that we pick up on each other's nervous systems. The more of us who are our own safe haven, secure base, so our bodies are safe containers, that means you know how to do neurofeedback, that means you know how to use integration of the brain, that means you know how to be the human you. And believe me, I do know what it's like to be uncomfortable. But again, the panic attacks have never been overwhelming. They're just uncomfortable because fear is uncomfortable. It doesn't mean we need to be destabilized. If you're able to, humanly speaking, take it step by step and you build a community. And that's why, again, 5D mystics, because there's not any 5D mystic that I'm seeing out there right now. They're they're starting again with their conversations of what's to come, and it's not in the best way at all, in fact, it's what I heard when, way back when, from one 4D person, and I'm like, whoa, that's really not what I am expecting to, to be in, and right now, I'm a lot more grounded, because I did figure it out, that when these ascension energies come, it's what, what comes up is trauma memory, so again, trauma memory is hurt, And if people don't know how to self-regulate their nervous system, they don't know how to stay within, it's going to be okay, the restorative embodied self. And any person, like even when Greg Braden went to the UN and made his little speech, Tara Brock, this is another speech, all the same speeches. People that don't know who they are, they don't know how to maintain self-centeredness. Okay, one, if you don't know how to work with your nervous system, that's number one differentiation. This word means you say, I'm, use your name. I have a nervous system. It has three ways it responds. It's going to be fight flight or freeze or social engagement ventral vagal. I want to learn ventral vagal. That's what yoga helps you to do. That's what mindfulness helps you to do. That's what, when you're in mind sight, then you sift through those sensations, images, thoughts, all this stuff. There's great educators out there, mystics. When you pick up on your collective differentiate. You begin by remembering, okay, I know the fragment. I don't need to verify. I'm moving it to the side. It's beautiful, whatever it is. But you, first of all, isolate and then say, okay, all is well. You get yourself down to ventral vagal, peace, ease. Then you can go thinking. Until that moment, you need to learn how to differentiate and tend to the self and bring your body and mind to ease, and once that is effortlessness, you can insistently keep on being in richness, selflessness, timelessness, effortlessness, richness, this is the neuroscience people that explain what happens in the brain of those of us who are with Claire's, when you have a consistent integrated brain, restored embodied self, it's because you've learned how to do differentiation, and then link and say it's a me and a we, and that's it. You don't need to define and identify who from your Oversoul or the collective is going. It does not matter. You do not need to focus on the energy of those who are dysregulated. They are in a fear state. You differentiate. You disconnect. You center. You ground yourself. You stay at ease. You remember all people, 8 plus billion, are nervous systems. We all vibe. We're sound. So you are not going to be in the midst of the sound. If your sound is stable because you're doing, whether it's breathing, whatever works, again, but it is where I'm sharing the way to your own secure attachment in your body, and if you are a person who's a mystic, I know what it means. Again, we pick up on our oversoul, and especially during peak moments, and right now, there's something coming, let's work together, let's build a community, reach out to me, we can connect, we can build some type of even form, whatever it is, but this is important. You know evil does not exist. The devil does not exist. I'm serious. Otherwise, please don't reach out. I'm looking for people who are 5D mystics and who can actually understand what I just discussed, it's independently from Solo Poly. Whatever it is, but if you are 5D anything, you understand what I just said because the future is going to be okay, but right now we want people to come together that are enamored with being a human being that want to support each other to tap into this space of secure attachment. Having in the body is a person who learns how to be okay with fear, with upset. It's a person who does personal development. It's a person who knows we all have triggers. This is very straightforward. And it's so beautiful for me personally to know it's that straightforward, but there was so much information lacking prior to there being a highlight on somatic sensory motor trauma, on the ventral vagus nerve, but not like the trending topics do. Trending topics, keep on dehumanizing it. You want to create a human conversation. When I say nervous system, I mean it. People don't know how to navigate their nervous system, and when trauma memory comes up, that's the unresolved trauma, and it comes up, and their adoptive child takes the lead, and then there's destabilization. So again, while the groups do their thing, our group, maintains, plus 5D mystic is a person who will tap into it. So I'm also trying to support those people who I know pick up on the collective like I do. I pick up on the collective besides my oversoul. So when we can, at the very least, bring together energies that understand, we can uh, be that focus point that spreads that maintaining, you know, it's, it's, it's the where your mind goes, energy flows. So When we say prayer, even though I don't like to use that word, but if a group of people who are 5D mystics sit with the intent, let's share regulated, let's say, nervous system. It sounds silly, but it's not, because every person who could learn how to regulate their nervous system would learn how to be within their window of tolerance, expand their window of tolerance to window of welcome, and they'd learn how to be at ease with their body sensations, which then can put their mind at ease. Because the emotions are what arise in the right brain mode, and then the left mode can think. Now, obviously, the story, that's the next part, but let's leave that one alone. In the meantime, already, if we stabilize the vibration, we're supporting people in a way that they might not know, but any person who's highly sensitive knows. So we know when we're around dysregulated nervous systems, and we know what it's like when people are afraid. So creating a relationship with fear... It's not the fondest one, I must say, creating a relationship with human suffering, not fond either, because it's all in a space of torture. But believe me, it's not torture for those of us who are 5D body types, because we're love cycle. It's torture for the ones who don't know about trauma memory and how to regulate their nervous system, because nobody taught them, and they don't believe in it. So again, let's do Human 101 and for 5D Mystics, you're oversold. They're not ever people that you would cancel. They're people you love. And when they don't know how to be their own secure attachment, they don't have to. We don't force people to move into their functional adults. They can stay their adaptive child ever again share compassion, share love. It's very straightforward for a Zen master how to build more relationships, not less. And we create, in fact, secure connections. That's why for Solo, solo Poly Secure, we create secure connections. It's easy to be safe haven, secure bases for ourselves and for each other. And then when there's others, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> so there you go. I hope you enjoyed. And let me know if you have any questions. And again... Uh, compassion and love. Have a great day.